Innovating Cosmos is a global community of innovators and would-be innovators who innovate collaboratively to make the world better, richer, healthier and fairer for all. Welcome to Episode 9 of Innovating Cosmos podcast. I'm Peter Letts. What does it mean to have business soul? And why should anyone in the innovating space take note? Well, it's because the nature of business has changed. New or enlightened enterprises have deserted the old business world, leaving behind the greed and rapacious ambition that ruled how things were done. These days, an entirely different approach has been embraced, where kindness, fairness and generosity come to the fore. Innovating Cosmos founder Neville Christie describes this as the new movement towards business with soul. And he says a business without soul is a business facing the precipice now, as disillusioned consumers turn their backs on an era of corporate greed. Neville keeps a close eye on the trends that will dictate success or failure into the future, which is why he says all innovators or would-be innovators need to ensure that they have soul. And that includes current business operators with innovation on their minds. He supports his argument with some compelling statistics. Neville's talking to executive producer at B Media Production, Heather Dawson. There's been some extensive research done by trendwatching.com, which was pretty revealing. It actually said that uh, 75% of consumers in 24 consumer countries, including Australia, now no longer had any trust in big business at all, that only 39% of employees said that they trusted senior leadership, and some three quarters of consumers around the world felt that companies were lying to them in advertising. So that and the real movement against greed, which we've seen in the GFC, is leading lots of people to say that business has lost its soul. It's become soulless, greedy, rapacious, uncaring. And the other big trend that it's coming through is the notion that the greedy generation is giving way to what's called the caring generation or the generosity generation. And more and more people online and offline are seeing that generosity is a key value, both in business and personal. So this is all part of a new movement towards business with soul. Well, if you, Neville, walk into a business these days, can you instantly tell if it's soulful or soulless? Yes, I believe so. I find that it starts with the individual, the founder, the entrepreneur. After a few questions, you see whether this person is entirely and utterly only oriented to money. And I don't find many. I find most people have a portfolio objectives, you know, their family, their own lifestyle, their learning, making a contribution, seeing their people cared for. So, In reality, while profit is a big fiction of economics, at the smaller end of town where I mainly work with up to businesses turning over $100 million, I find very few that are only profit-oriented and very few that I would call as soulless. And what are the indicators of that in a business? They're, again, very subjective and they differ, but it's all about an attitude. You know, in the end, as a trained psychotherapist, uh, which I don't often admit to, um, I find that beliefs and attitudes are extraordinarily important. And within a few minutes, you can get a sense of a person's belief structure about, you know, what's important to them, what's values. I mean, for example, if we believe that the world is going to pot and, you know, it's terrible and this particular government or that particular government is the worst thing since sliced bread, that attitude is going to impact over and over again in terms. So an assessment of the attitudes, values and beliefs of an individual and a business is a pretty good indicator. 
Okay, well, you've got lots of words beginning with P hey, yes. to describe a business with soul. Yes. So what are they? Well, the first one is purpose, uh, really having a purpose or passion that adds value, that is meaningful, that contributes something back into the community. The second thing that comes out of that as a business with soul is one that's based on talent and incubates people, incubates the human spirit, the soul, if you like. It's focus number three on potential, on innovation, in bringing out the potential in people, in customers, in markets. It's on about performance. Profit remains really, really important, but only one of seven rather than the overarching thing. The planet, of course, needs to be given consideration increasingly and finally philanthropy, some notion of giving back to the community. All those seven are key. But if you take on board all those seven, will the money look after itself? Yes and no. Uh, Businesses with soul certainly are basically saying that they will do well by doing good. But of course, profit is a residual of getting many other things right. If you get your income line right, if you get your costs right, if you get your margins right, then profit is a result. So even those that are very profit-focused, to be profit-focused of itself requires that you give attention to customers, to your team, to your costs, to your top line, your revenue. Well, the soul-less businesses that you've just been talking about, aren't they often, though, the big end of town, the top end of town, rather than the small businesses that know everybody around them? I think there is a tendency to do that, that most of the survey literature that I was just quoting is talking at the big end of town, and they didn't look significantly at the smaller end of town. But I believe anecdotally it's true that the smaller businesses are more personal, more interface, more related to the customer than the bigger businesses. Well, many small businesses listening to you now might say, that's all very well, but uh, it's really tough now. And if we take our mind off the profits, we will have no businesses. Yes, I understand that. But again, I want to argue that profit is a residual. Uh, It's a residual of doing lots of other things right. It's a residual of caring for your customer. It's an outcome of managing your costs. It's an outcome of making sure that your team that service the customer are all customer service people, you know, that they they care for the customer. Um, it's customers that build businesses, not us. And if we lose our customers, then we lose our profit. So we've got to look at a lot of things in order to make a profit. So what are the first practical steps to making sure that you've got soul in your business, Neville? It's going to differ from different people, but I'm finding increasingly in my dialogues with people, I talk about purpose, and that is, what is the job that you have to do on this planet that no one else can do? And people often get a setback by their question, but what I'm really trying to highlight there is the notion that human beings are very meaningful seeking creatures, and without meaning, our life is purposeless. We wander. So the starting point, I believe, of any business, any life actually, is to have a really good hard look at our purpose. Why are we here? What contribution do we want to make? What do we want to do? What's our passion? So many questions to ask, aren't they, for people who are already really busy keeping their eye on the bottom line? Well, as I said, you know, the single-minded focus on the bottom line per se, we can see has led to aberrant behaviour, to bad behaviour, to almost criminal behaviour. I think to criminal behaviour in many instances and we've gone too far in one direction. Profit remains important but it's only one of seven elements. Innovating Cosmos founder Neville Christie. Next week from Businesses with Soul we look at the practical steps a business owner or would-be innovator can take to become more innovative and for this we return to Andrew Hutchinson of Alchemy. 
Andrew brings more than two decades of strategic expertise and hands-on experience in helping local and global businesses step into the future. Andrew says there are seven steps to long-term innovation. Among them, Andrew suggests, is to set up a strategic innovation board. And here's a taste of why. You don't want to push innovation across your whole business. That will take too long, and by the time you finish, some entrepreneur will have disrupted you. So to cause this innovation and monetization of innovation quickly set up a separate innovation arm. Now that strategic innovation board can contain the the CEO, might have some of your statutory board members on it, but also include thinkers, external entrepreneurs and innovators. They will bring a different slant, they will help you execute innovation quickly, and they will connect you to the ecology of innovation that exists in our major cities. That's Andrew Hutchinson with just one of his seven steps to long-term innovation coming up next week. Until then, I'm Peter Letts. Thanks for listening. Innovating Cosmos is a global community of innovators and would-be innovators who innovate collaboratively to make the world better, richer, healthier and fairer for all.